When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of the hosts of Kickoffs and Kick-Ons with Matt Giddo, Adam Ashley Cooper and The Professor. Welcome Drew Mitchell to the Summer Run Home. How are you, Drew? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Mate, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Uh, first off with the podcast, mate, uh, it's, um, we, we all listen. How have you found working with The Professor? And you can be perfectly honest because we've all worked with him in here. <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate, it's actually it's been good. Uh, we, we were a different name last year. Uh, we... We went through a divorce over the summer, but uh, we've come back as uh, kickoffs and kick-ons. But a time that we had um, last year with the professor, I think he was probably a little bit more uh, in shock than anything else when he came over to France with us and just sort of, you know, we experienced the World Cup and, and uh, so much so that the professor actually booked his flight a week earlier and just got himself out of there. He had enough. <laughs> yeah, he can he can uh, throw the toys out of the cot if he's in over his head. He feels like he is, mate. Um, just on that trip, uh, he I I was hanging out with him last week, and he is on a health kick now, claiming really? he's still trying to lose uh, lose what he put on in that Paris trip. How was the eating and drinking uh, around France there, mate? Yeah, look, it was fantastic. I was up there for two months, but the professor oh. only came. I think he was there for only two weeks in the end. But, uh, mate, he was rooming with Adam Ashley Cooper. And I, I think uh, just some of the some of the antics that Adam introduced him to was probably a little bit uh, a bit of a shock to the system. Even <laughs> there were times where Adam got home and uh, and found the professor in bed with a kilo of beef brisket. So it wasn't all <laughs> our doing. <laughs> some of it was the professor's choice, but um, look, we, we may very well be going to Perth this weekend as well. So it might be, um, you know, for the World Rugby Sevens event uh, over there in Perth. Um, and so, if, if that's the case, uh, we'll be bunking in a room together again, and uh, and that health kick all of a sudden goes out the door for the professor. No, it doesn't, mate. I've worked with him for a lot of years. It doesn't take much to get him off a health kick if there's a is, there's a beer <laughs> and then a feed on. So, uh, mate, the rugby uh, rugby sevens in Perth. Um, how how's that all shaping up? Who are we uh, who are we looking forward to seeing over there? Oh, look, I mean, I think both our teams, men and women, um, you know, are doing particularly well in the previous events. Uh, the women's are, are, you know, they're really flying the flag and have been doing so for years. Uh, Charlotte Catholic, the captain, as well as, you know, the, the Levi sisters, Maddie and Tegan. But there's just, so, like, all the girls in that team are just world-class elite athletes and, uh, you know, really genuinely at the top of their game. So uh, we're looking for another big tournament from them. But also, also our, our guys have found some form as well. So um, we were hoping to see Michael Hooper in, in this in, in this. Um, installment of the World Series uh, Tour event, but I don't think he'll be making his debut just yet. Uh, I think he just needs a little bit more training under his under his belt, but there's plenty of guys that have been working hard over the summer whilst we've been enjoying uh, the festivities. They've been sort of making sure they stay in really, you know, world-class sort of shape. So, um, yeah, I think they'll be itching to get out there. And, and you know, the first time over there in Perth, there's always a you know, big appetite for, for rugby over there as well. So, Hopefully it's a great tour. Yeah, they're always a fun event, the the Sevens. Um, but the big news, obviously, in rugby at the moment is the Wallabies, well, they've moved on from their last coach, who I, I know you uh, – well, you you guys all shared your thoughts on uh, on what you thought of uh, the Eddie Jones saga that uh, unfolded. Um, but yeah. Joe Smith, I mean, the, the average probably listener who's not uh, – 
that deep into rugby union probably doesn't know much about Joe Smith. What can you tell us about Joe and what do you think it means for the Wallabies going forward, mate? Yeah, look, I think he's probably going to be quite the opposite to, to Eddie in terms of, you know, the way that he speaks and interacts with the media. Um, I think he's going to be sort of pretty quiet and unassuming. But, um, you know, from all reports of any team that he's had any involvement with, he's got a real presence about him. He's got a real honest sort of type of character. And, uh, you know, he, he cut his teeth when uh, he was a Kiwi guy, but he went over to Ireland and, and was the head coach of Leinster and took them to many titles and then got the head coaching role of Ireland. Um, you know, when they sort of really surged onto the scene in terms of the, the, you know, took up that world number one spot and have held that for a number of years. Um, and also was instrumental with David Nusifora over in Ireland to help centralise the, the provincial model as well. So, you know, that's, you know, when you look at the, the appointments that uh, Phil War, um, you know, Dan Herbert and the guys have made at Rugby Australia, um, David Nusifora is now advising, Peter Horn's come in as the the high performance, um, the head of high performance, and then and Joe Schmidt. So there's guys with some relationships, previous relationships there, uh, but also importantly, more importantly, is a, a proven track record. So um, you know, I saw a few comments from Joe Schmidt, you know, with his press conference saying that he thought he'd retired, but you know, that's you know, it's great to see that something like uh, the head coaching role of Wallabies is still you know such a lure to, to bring him out of retirement and and uh, help us you know really turn things around because you know I mean it's. It's uh, no secret that things haven't been great for a number of years now, and especially in more so in, in recent memory. But, um, you know, I, I like some of the, the appointments they're making and the direction that we're going. So, Drew, if you, uh, you know, from your point of view, are you happier that, like, he's only been giving, given a two-year contract rather than a longer one? Do you think that's a good way forward? Yeah, look, I, I think it is. I think, you know, one thing that's becoming more more evident in, in world Sport, I think, is that contracts probably don't have yeah. too much weight these days. We, yeah, we signed Danny Jones for five years, and he was going up to, what, nine months. So uh, I, I think what it does do is it allows him to come in. Um, like I said, he, he thought he was going into retirement. So we don't know whether it was more of a request from him or whether it was Rugby Australia. But, uh, you know, obviously the British and Irish Lions in 25 is going to be huge. So if he can kind of help, uh, you know, firstly steady the ship, but then start to, to make some, some, you know, inroads and, and start seeing a positive change. There obviously could be an opportunity for him to sign on for the, the Home World Cup in 27. Or equally, that I'm also really interested to see what type of appointments he puts in his, in his assistant role positions as well, because that might be something where we see, you know, obviously Stephen Larkin's sort of been thrown around a fair bit. Um, you know, other, you know, Dan McKellar and other guys from Australia, within the Australian ranks, um, maybe we might see one or a couple of those guys, um, you know, working underneath Joe Schmidt for the next couple of years and maybe they transition into the head coaching role thereafter. But uh, look, like I said, the, the contracting situation these days, it's, it, I, I think probably Rugby Australia were maybe a little bit once bitten twice shy after giving Eddie Jones a five-year contract and, you know, he, he left after nine months. So I, I think it's probably um, smart business from these guys at this point in time. Yeah. Now, do we know if Japan are interested in Joe Schmidt at all? Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, we we never know. We we never know. And I, unfortunately, with the the last the latest saga, we will, we will never know either. So, um, look, we're hoping that uh, Joe Schmidt's um, staying around for the, the the full sort of tenure of his his contract. That's for sure. Hey, Drew, you said in January the good thing about the whole Eddie Jones issue is that now it's a full reset for the Wallabies from the top down. Um, with Joe Schmidt, like obviously being in charge in Ireland, Northern Hemisphere rugby's. Uh, tended to be a different style of rugby to what's been traditionally played in the Southern Hemisphere, places like Australia and New Zealand. I know he is a Kiwi, but yeah. do you expect him to um, 
do you expect to see a change of style with the way the Wallabies play, or do you um, do you think it'll be he'll he'll adjust to uh, our style of rugby? Well, I think that's probably where some of the errors we've errors we've made in, the, in previous um, sort of coaching appointments is they've tried to make the players fit the style that the coach wanted to play, as opposed to the coach understanding the players that they've got and the strengths and the weaknesses they they possess, and then and then moulding a game around around that. You know, like when. We, we're not going to be able to play a South African type of game because those guys are just massive human beings and they just play a different type. Their, their body type is different. So there's no point in us trying to play like them. Uh, you know, the, the conditions that the guys in the UK and Europe play in is completely different to what we have here. So, of course, that like even through our pathways and our, our, our junior development programs, we play a different style. So I think importantly... For, for Joe Schmidt just to come in and understand the athletes that he's got and the the, the type of rugby IQ, levels of IQ that they've got in, in, uh, in their game awareness and just understand the players first and foremost and then try and put uh, a game plan and a, and a style of play around the players as opposed to getting the players to change completely into, to a style of game that they just, they're just they not familiar with. So oh, I'd like to see it that way uh, and, and for the coach to adapt as opposed to 35 players in the squad to try and adapt. Now, we've got a big year of rugby coming up. Um, significantly, the British and Irish Lions are coming out the uh, first time in quite a long time. Um, do we think what, – what are your realistic expectations for the Wallabies in, uh, in that uh, series? Well, I mean, look, uh, our realistic, realistic expectations, we've got to be competitive. And I know that's probably, you know, in some people's minds, probably a far, far stretch at this point in time. But there is, you know, there's plenty of rugby to be played both provincially and then also internationally before then. Uh, and also, I mean, you know, it's, we only get to play them once every 12 years. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, a really, um, you know, it's a huge part of the rugby calendar and, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a great, uh, you know, it's an honour to play against these you know, these touring teams. So we've just got to get ourselves, Joe Schmidt and, and his team, once he appoints them, we've got a huge task at hand to kind of get them, the, the Wallabies playing to a level where we're really going to test these guys because, you know, whilst our expectations might be that we be competitive, like the, the players' mindset have got to be there to, they're there to win it. So, um, yeah, look, it's probably a little bit too early at the moment, uh, given what's happened in the last sort of 12 months or so. But I, 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 I'll be predicting some pretty significant changes. Now, mate, just before we let you go, I do have to ask, with the the current setup in uh, at Rugby Australia, your old teammate Phil War is now the CEO of Rugby Australia. He's the man. When when you guys were playing together, did you ever like look at him and go, you know what, that CEO material, that open side flanker right there? <laughs> Mate, when I was playing, I, I was you know when I was playing with Phil, I was certainly started as a younger guy, and I was actually just you know like my eyes were really wide open to to the way that the forwards and particularly Phil trained because he'd always end up in a in a dust up with one of the uh, <laughs> one of his teammates. And, you know, it'd be so competitive, uh, but it was also the type of uh, era, I suppose, where straight after a dust up, they'd get into a team team huddle and they'd have to slow dance in the middle to make sure it's just left out there on the training paddock. But look, Phil, Phil's just someone who. You know, when he commits to something, he puts absolutely 100% of himself into it. And, uh, you know, and he's obviously really passionate about about the game of rugby, but also about Australia. And uh, he just wants to, you know, us to, to, to get back to where we, we should be in terms of the world stage of, um, of rugby for Australia. So I, I probably didn't anticipate it. And I probably wasn't actually thinking that about anyone at that point in time, though, to be fair. But... Um, but I guess once I sort of start to get to know Phil a little bit more in terms of how he's like his, his level of commitment and his passion towards um, the game in Australia, then you know it makes a fair bit of sense to me now.
Mate, thank you so much for joining us here on The Run Home. Before we let you go, just give us one prediction. Who's the Wallaby to watch this year? Who do you, who do you see big things from in the next 12 months? Uh, look, I, I, I mean, I, I think probably Max Jorgensen. He, unfortunately for him, he got, got injured over there at the World Cup and didn't get to lace up and, and play any minutes over there in France. But there's some big expectations. And I think, uh, you know, after having full super rugby season under his belt, um, you know, I, I think every every sort of question that was asked of him at that level, um, he certainly answered. So, you know, full year under his belt now and a bit more confidence and, and a little bit more development in his body as well. I'm, I'm expecting big things from Max Jorgensen. Excellent. Mate, thanks so much for joining us here on The Run Home. Have a great time in Perth and make sure you knock the professor off his uh, his health <laughs> kick. 